thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings primal alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Kylie Penn. And Kylie is another bit of a cultured wellness um, gut guru. So, so good to follow on from Kirsty in the last show and really just dive into gut health. Um, Kirsty um, was incredible. And Kylie is going to give us four really clear ways to get on top of our gut health. So no matter who you are or what you're doing, this is applicable for everyone. Hurrah! And we all love take-home actionable advice, don't we just? So Kylie is the founder and owner at The Happy Gut. She is on the south coast of New South Wales, uh, which is where I met her, and she teaches people about gut health, fermenting, and general wellness. Kylie is a registered nurse with a master's degree, a functional nutrition coach, and is currently completing her GAPS practitioner training. So definitely into education. Well done, Kylie. That's an incredible accolade of academics. Oh, that's good. Accolade of academics. (laughs) Kylie hosts educational and practical workshops on the South Coast of New South Wales, and is passionate about making change within her local community. She's also about to embark on a gutsy adventure, which is a family trip around Australia for 12 weeks, and she's going to be sharing her tips and tricks for maintaining tips and tricks for maintaining a healthy gut on a trip. Because I don't know about you, but I'm go really good at home, and then I find I go somewhere else, and my gut goes weird. It does funny things, like gets constipated or bloated or all sorts of strange things happen. So, and Carly tells us that even though she's really looking forward to going traveling, she's more excited to work out what she's going to take to eat on the show. So, Kylie, as well as being all those incredible things, she's a keen beekeeper and a gardener and marvels at the abundance of nature. Oh, so true. Nature is so abundant. I started a little practice on my nature walk, so like just through the bush or on the beach, to actually notice abundance because abundance, right, everyone thinks, oh, that means you're rich, right, or it means you're wealthy. Abundance is just a mindset. So if you think you're abundant, then you are. There are people in the world who are on very moderate incomes, uh, yet they find that they feel abundant. They have everything in life that they want. And why shouldn't you have everything in life that you want, right? Abundance is your birthright as a human. Absolutely. I fully agree. So on my walks, I think, because I wasn't, we had to really cultivate this abundance mindset because I wasn't born with it, right? I'm born from the northeast of England. Poverty is, you know, the norm. 
people like to talk about how bad things are, hence the phrase whinging pom, you know. So it's taken it's a lot of, um, a lot of uh, you know, old habits to kind of assess and move out of. So when I first started doing this abundance thing on walks, I was like, oh, this is stupid, you know. <laughs> like no no come on I was like okay well there's lots of grains of sand on the beach and then you're like actually there's loads and loads of waves that water's always here there's always an abundance of water down at the beach and an abundance of waves and an abundance of birds down at the beach and look at all those little bits of grass that grow in there I never noticed that before wow they're everywhere or on a bushwalk like seriously notice how many leaves are on the floor nature is abundant with everything and just like the sun and the rain um, gives plants everything they need to grow, so does the universe give you everything that you need to grow. It's a fact. You just need to have the mindset around it. Very interesting. Hey, now how can I go on from that to talking about primal alternative? There isn't a nice smooth link from that. <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you about it. So primal alternative, uh, we are a grain-free food range. There's something for everyone in our range from fussy kids to dubious husbands to diehard keto heads. Kylie eats a ketogenic diet, which basically just means high fat, low, 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 low carbs. And our fat and CD bread has got one gram of carbs per slice. I had some of that for lunch today. It was sensational. And our fat and CD pizza bases have got four grams per base. Now, I really think that doing, embarking on big journeys where you're transforming your health, you've changed everything that you're eating. It can be really hard. A lot of hard work, a lot to get your head around. And a lot of deprivation as well. You know, you've got to say goodbye to some of the foods that have been staples in your life, right? Well, I think it's a lot easier, a lot more of an easy journey if you don't need to say goodbye to your bread. You don't need to say goodbye to pizza night. And if you want to have a cookie, then you might as well have a primal alternative cookie because you know it's made of the best stuff possible. So that's what we're here for, to make grain-free easy. And instead of having a factory that pumps out all of the products for the whole world, we've got a national network of local producers. So a woman in your community who's had a health crisis generally and got a strong motivation to get out there and help others without having to, you know, like do all of the qualifications that Kylie's done and to, to get out there and coach people that way, but more to support people by getting into the kitchen and cooking real food for them to make their um, whole food journey a lot easier. Like someone's got your back. Someone's made the bread for you this week. Look, have a rest. <laughs> have a night off cooking. Here's some pizzas. Here. Put your feet up, have a cuppa and a, a nice bicky. Why not? Life's too short. Get past the cookies. That's what I say. So without much further ado, let's crack on with today's episode with Kylie. Thank you for being here. I really, really appreciate you being here. Seriously, I can't believe the amount of people that are listening to this podcast. I don't normally dare myself to look at the downloads because I think, oh, it'd be like me, me mum. And, you know, <laughs> someone else, <laughs> that'd be it. But lots of people are listening to this podcast. So thank you. Thank you for making this happen. I love the fact that, you know, 
I get to interview these amazing people. This is just the buzz for me to get to talk to these people, but to also share their knowledge with you, like on this incredible platform that the Wellness Couch has created. I love the network of the, the Wellness Couch. Like I've met some amazing new friends and new opportunities have come because of being part of the Wellness Couch um, community. And I also love how when the guests of the show share the episode with their crowd, then Primal Alternative gets into the lives of their audience as well. And we can help make grain free easier for more people. It's so cool. And if you want to contribute, I'd love for you to leave me a five-star rating on iTunes. Like nothing will make me do a lap of the house more than a five-star rating on iTunes, please. I'd really love that. And that just means that we'll go up the ratings on iTunes and that means that more people, when I say we, I mean me, right? More people will find me on on iTunes and the message that I've got and um, the wisdom of the guests so we can really um, help other people reclaim their health too. Thank you so much. I will look forward to you, um, to reading your review and thank you for being here. On with the show. Welcome to the show, Kylie. It's so cool to have you here today. Thank you, Helen. <laughs> now, it was really cool when um, we met at the Kayama Wellness Base Camp. I met lots of incredible new besties on that day, and you were one of them. And it was so cool because we were in this little um, square of awesomeness. So there was a primal alternative stand. There was food <laughs> from Quirky Cooking. There was you with your amazing um, you know, sauerkrauts and fermented yummy kind of breakfast looking stuff that you were selling and all those amazing cookbooks and Zazen water. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. But what triangle, sorry. Yeah, it was the, awesomeness. it was very cool, wasn't it? That's right. It was, it was, it was the place to be. It was where all the cool people hang out. So before we get into um, your story, Carly, and find out how you've got into being the founder of the happy goat and, you know, really living your purpose and, and helping others. Tell us what you had for breakfast. Uh, okay, so this morning for breakfast, I just had a, um, a lamb soup. So it was just some lamb necks, like the offcuts, a little bit of water, a um, whole bunch of veggies. And then, yeah, just after a few hours, the bones came out and breakfast was ready. So Delicious. That's, that's quite interesting because I would have something like that for dinner, but you're down with yeah. that for breakfast. <laughs> Look, dinner for bre- dinner for breakfast is the best breakfast, in my opinion. Wow. Fatty, full of veggies, gets you going for the day. And tell us about your family. Who, who have you got living in your household? I've got two teenagers, uh, 13 and 14, very different, um, and my husband. He'll be 50 this year, so. There you go. That's a, that's a milestone. All boys. Birthday. Oh, boys. Mm-hmm. And what did they, did they have that kind of thing for breakfast as well? My husband does. So he'll have broth every single morning. He gets up, the broth goes in the pot, the veggies go in, whatever meat is in the fridge goes in and he's out the door, like literally with the saucepan and a spoon. Wow. <laughs> and he eats it driving to work. And if you ask me for the gut, never eat in the car, mm. but uh, he does. And my kids um, often skip breakfast, but I'm not overly worried. They have a fantastic lunchbox full of food with lots of um, good fatty foods and lots of veggies and fruit. So I'm happy that whatever goes in whenever is good. Yeah. 
That's good. Yeah, I like that. That's really good. So tell us a little bit about your story. So you started your journey as a registered nurse. Is that right? That's right. I've been a nurse for 18, 20 years now. And uh, I nursed in acute care, so coronary care, and I nursed in ICU for a while and then um, in dialysis for 10 years. And, I mean, I love nursing. It's it's a service um, and I never did it for the money. But about two years ago, I kind of realised that everything I did in nursing felt palliative. There's, there was no aspect of prevention in my care. And I got increasingly frustrated with handing out medications, um, doing blood pressures, assessing people, but never really being able to step in before something goes wrong and really support a person. So, yeah, I left two years ago. I'm still registered, but I haven't been not in that traditional nursing model for a while. Wow. So was there something significant in your particular, on your particular health journey, Kylie, that made you like have this uh, turning point and a crossroads or was Mm. it something that you were working up towards? Oh, look, I think it was always sitting there simmering, but it was definitely um, clear to me when I got sick myself that, that the system wasn't serving me, that conventional medical system and and that I wasn't serving my my um, patients either so I got uh, diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called Wegener's and ironically I was the um, nurse unit manager of the renal unit and Wegener's can manifest as renal failure so I had been nursing people with the very same autoimmune disease so when you get diagnosed with a serious illness you don't uh, you don't have a full picture of exactly what that means. If you did, if you had all that information at the start, it would devastate you. Mm. And I had all that information at the start Ooh. because I'd been <laughs> because I'd been looking after people, and so I saw the very worst the disease could be. Um, see, uh, yeah, sort of. I'd been paleo for a while. I'd been fermenting for years, um, and just sort of playing around. But when I was diagnosed it all became very clear to me that real wellness was a, a path different from conventional medicine mm. for me. Mm. Mm. So tell us, about, tell us a little bit more about your particular autoimmune disease because I've not heard of that one before. There's so many now that I yeah. can't keep track of all of them. So would you mind, yeah. Kylie, telling us a little bit what it, about what it is and what it looks like and, yeah, a little bit more background would be great. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so um, my autoimmune disease uh, is one of the rarer ones and I, you feel a bit ripped off when you're trying to research your own disease and it's not there because it's not very common. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, there are, there are more really common ones like lupus that we've all heard of and MS and um, diabetes and there's loads of research but for Wegner's there's not much out there. So um, Wegner was a German scientist and he discovered the condition. It's also called granulomatosis with polyangiitis. I like what it basically means. Aesthesia. <laughs> yeah, we like we like Wegener's, and if, if you're a bit posh, you can call it vagueness, which is okay. how you're supposed to yeah, say it. Yeah, like vagueness. Word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it manifests as um, inflammation in the soft tissue in my airway. So you'll see people with Wegener's with ear, nose, and throat and airway, respiratory issues, and then down to the kidneys. So it kind of makes this line. Mm. 
of devastation and destruction through your body. So, you know, in my opinion, it doesn't matter what the autoimmune disease is. You just need to get in and get control of that immune system through getting control of your gut. So I've got some scarring and I'll always be a little croaky in there. But me with good control of my health is completely different to me not looking after myself. So what did it look like, you know, before you took, made all these lifestyle changes? Like how, how, what were some of your symptoms at the time? I mean, I know you uh, said you okay. did the croakiness, but because you look yeah. like a picture of health. And, and when I met you, there was yeah. you know, that you, you had this you know, autoimmune disease. No way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, what did it look like? It was obviously not always. Started deep. off with it. No, goodness, no. It started off with a bit of shortness of breath, walking up a gentle slope and me berating myself for my fitness falling down. Mm. And then I continued to be short of breath and just kept making excuses to myself until the point where I couldn't sit still and talk in sentences. I didn't have enough of a patent airway to push enough air out to make words. It was that closed over with acute inflammation. So, yeah, I couldn't, like, I was snoring and stopping breathing at night. Um, I had to, when I breathed in, you could hear like a rattle, like that inspiratory stridor, a rattling sound. Mm. So, yeah, not much capacity to do much except for gently move around and try and breathe. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's full on. So how is that affecting the kidneys? Well, my kidneys are in tip-top shape. Um, yay. Some people with Wegners, it can just manifest um, as an eye condition or an ear condition and it may never progress. Uh, it's just if it's unchecked that it will progress. Okay. You know, right further on so my plan is that I've got a little bit of scarring in the airway but we're done <laughs> right that's Just great kind of, well done yeah. well done on getting a you know taking control and you know being an expert in you and committing like you said at the, um, at the beginning of the interview like your to focus on your wellness like that's your yeah thing else is more important than that right hmm. which is great yeah that's right so tell us, what, what did you do? Like you said you've already been into paleo, you've been fermenting for years, but what did you do to really get, get a handle on this? Uh, I left work and made um, healing my full-time occupation. So, and I, I feel really blessed that I was able to leave work. Uh, my husband was at work and he was able to support the family and I just day by day worked on getting well. So that, that involved enrolling to study you know knowledge is power so I studied with Functional Nutrition Academy did the health coaching course and I'm currently in the middle of my GAPS practitioner training which is mind-blowingly awesome mm. and you know lots of reading lots of research um, connecting with with like-minded people and just su surrounding myself in a well lifestyle Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love mm. that. So I know that you're, you're a guru. And so whilst you're on the show, I definitely need to pick your brains because, um, actually pick your guts because like all, most of us know the same thing, right? But most of us know that, uh, you know, gut health is important and, you know, we, we've got some ideas around, you know, there's fermenting is good. And, but then again, you know, like 
kombucha might not be good if you've got this, this and this. And so I think there's, there's a quite a lot of gray area when, when it comes to gut health. Do you have any kind of like gut health 101 like tips you can share with us? <laughs> okay, so um, most of my, uh, I guess, my passions around gut health come from the concepts from cultured wellness. So if anybody's heard Kirsty talk, um, you know, she says it, but better. So, but I'll give it a <laughs> shot. <laughs> so I've got these, this like four things that you need to do just to keep it really simple. Um, number one is to starve out your pathogens. So we've all got pathogens in our gut. I mean, you think about it, we have antibiotics and they don't touch candida because it's a yeast. So anybody who's had antibiotics or exposure to chemicals and toxins or eaten meat with antibiotics has usually had some of their good bacterial microbiome destroyed, leaving a gap for candida to come through. And um, Clostridium is another one that's often... um, one of the last guys left behind after antibiotics. So with a lot of us have got imbalances with those kinds of um, microorganisms. So they're sitting there and they're doing a whole bunch of things like um, producing toxins and producing inflammatory molecules and tickling and irritating our immune system and stopping us, you know, absorbing nutrients. So they're doing those things and we, we want to starve them out. So we know what they eat. They eat sugar. And so to starve them out, we take away their food source. So that's, that's number one. Number two is to crowd them out. So if you're at a party and suddenly 50 bikies walk in the door, suddenly that room looks a little bit busy. And you <laughs> might leave. It's a bit scary. Yeah. So it's a really bad example because I think that you know, lactobacillus and bifidostrains aren't like bikies. They're quite good. <laughs> Some bikies are good. Lots Some of bikies, bikies are nice, but, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, nice. A whole bunch of nice, nice healthy bikies, bikies yeah, walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's all about who who occupies that space in your gut. So when you're putting in good bacteria, like um, I use the cultured wellness kefir and yogurt regularly, and I make my sauerkrauts with their kefir as well. So I know exactly what strains are going in and they're in there taking up the space now. So I'm starving them out and I'm crowding them out, but I've got two more things that are an issue and that thing is that I need to repair my gut lining. It's probably a mess. A lot of us have, you know, um, villi and endothelial cells and microvilli and a mucus layer that aren't healthy, which means we can't have a good home for our good bacteria and we can't break down and absorb nutrients the way we want. So repairing that gut is broth. It's all about the broth <laughs> for me. There are other things, you know, like gelatin and aloe vera and, and um, some amazing foods that you can add in. But a good meat stock and a good bone broth are incredibly healing. Got all the amino acids and nutrients that your gut needs to rebuild. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then number four, uh, the last one would be to remove the things that are going to cause damage to your gut. And so that's wheat and gluten. So um, I think it was, I know, I know, I know. Lady was asking me today and I'm like, 
Yeah, gluten causes a leaky gut in 100% of people. Is that right? 100%. Yeah. I think it's, is it um, Fasano did the, uh, the research on that and I can't remember the exact time frame if it was like whether it was after 30 minutes or a few hours, but you get a leaky gut wall after a gluten exposure every time no matter who you are. So if, if anyone yeah. is listening to this and they've, you know, they know they've got leaky gut or they've got an autoimmune disease, which, you know, would start with a leaky gut, then it's okay, right? That it's not their fault because show me someone who right. hasn't had a gluten exposure. But that's, that's really a good motivator, isn't it? To think, you know what, yeah. that, that, you know, bread or pizza or whatever looks really good, but I'm going to pass because of all those repercussions. Like yeah. I don't want to go down there, do you? I mean. And yeah. I, I really like this one, two, three, four, like approach. So one, starve out the pathogens, two, crowd out the pathogens, three, repair the gut and four, remove wheat and gluten. <laughs> yeah. Like, that everyone can, everyone can do that. But can we, let's just go back to one, right? Because I think quite a lot of people, quite a lot of people, actually, let's go, let's focus on one and two, because quite a lot of people listening to this podcast, they're doing the broth, you know, they've removed the gluten and the, and the, um, and the wheat, um, is that what you said, wheat and gluten? No, you said something else. Yeah, wheat and gluten. Wheat and gluten. Dairy can be a problem. Too. Yeah, I was thinking, was we going to be saying dairy? But let's look at the, some of the pathogens. So let's look at candida because you've already mentioned that one. And that one seems to be coming up in a lot of conversation I've been having lately. So let's look at candida. So talk about some of the symptoms of that. I mean, we've all at some point experienced the, the joys of thrush. So we all know what that's like. Yeah. But that's not, yeah. that's not the only candida, is there? It, God, no. Lots of different no. ways. <laughs> and everybody's different. Uh, my personal experience with candida was uh, recurrent athlete's foot, which is a nice word for tinea. Um, but waking up in the morning thinking, I swear I didn't drink last night, but I feel like I've had a drink. Yeah. And that, that's a classic candida symptom. So you'll, you'll eat dinner, it might be something carby, you'll go to bed, that candida will chew through all the sugar, produce the acetaldehyde, and, which is like a, a breakdown product of alcohol, and bam, hangover. Wow. But you didn't get to drink anything. There's no so fun. that's a classic that's a no fun hangover. <laughs> it's a total ripoff. It's a total ripoff. Um, and I think another one would be um, like crazy, bull-tearingly frustrating food cravings that you just mm. cannot kind of um, say no to. Mm. So you'll be wanting sugar, and we know now that that's that's the candida. They've got a direct line of communication with your brain, and they're saying. If you don't feed me this food, I will die. And yeah. so they're literally hijacking your brain and then you go out and you eat a donut and then you, you blame yourself. Yeah. Now, there's a whole bunch of self-flagellation and negative feelings and you're a failure and why can't you stick with this? When, in fact, an awareness, like an intellectual awareness that there's some really wrong pathways in place between your gut and your brain there's some signals that are not ideal and you take that knowledge of crowding them out and starving them out and then you get some support Mm. because I haven't met anybody who's fixed their health on their own yes it's it's not just a case of uh, you could just do it at home in the kitchen is it something we definitely need 
some kind of herbal support with or something else like that. You can't just do this on your own with some nice coconut yogurt and some broth. (laughs) I think herbal support is absolutely brilliant. Mm. And um, I haven't really spoken to many people that have gotten rid of candida without that. Mm. Um, But I think also you need the support of friends that are on your side, family that are on your side. because it's really hard, you know, when, when you and all the girls go out to a cafe and everybody orders cake, it is very isolating. Mm. It's very isolating. And, and how much do you want to be part of that compared to deal with your candida, which you could probably just start tomorrow. Yeah. So surrounding yourself with the right people that are going to work with you because they love you, really important. And I think it's nice as well to, you know, like if you can't find, I know, you know, for me, it was quite hard to find my like-minded tribe in my small town or country town of 5,000 people. But, but online, even if you don't have that support, um, you know, in your immediate circle, there's so much support, isn't there online now? Oh yeah. Facebook groups. I think we're in the best place ever to be able to, um, you know, get advice and, and support. Uh, from people around the world, you know, not just like yeah. even in the same country for, for stuff like this and to to learn um, coping and you know, coping techniques around like what do you do when you go, yes, you want to be healthy, yeah. but you don't want to become a social misfit that nobody, you know, yeah. people, people stopped inviting me around for dinner because they didn't know what I, what they could feed me, you know, like you don't want it to get like that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I just <laughs> got to say two things there. I'm just going to say two things. The first thing is if one more person says, what can't you eat? Mm. Because I can eat anything I want, but I don't eat certain foods. And being brave about that really turns things around when you're in a social situation. Um, But the online thing, absolutely. You know, I found Cultured Wellness. I podcast stalked Kirsty for uh, months (laughs) and then went, "Why, why can't I? join up to her program so I did and there it was online from my beautiful coach Nikki who's in Thailand through to Kirsty in Queensland through to all the community out there wonderfully supported every day you know you could wake up and jump online and say I'm going to eat a horse if it walks through my door because it's coated in sugar. <laughs> um, you know, and they'd be like, don't worry, you don't, blah, blah, blah. We felt like this before. And, and there you go. That's the, the real key to success. So tell us what, it, what does a, a normal day look like on a cultured wellness program, like in terms of what would you actually eat? Because I know we've talked about, well, there's, there's sauerkrauts and there's kefirs and um, that kind of thing. And you've talked about what you had for breakfast, but what would the other meals look like? Because as much as I, you know, like, and I'm sure some of the listeners after listening to Kirsty's episode last were thinking, that sounds really good. It all makes a lot of sense, but it sounds too hard. <laughs> so talk, <Yeah>. us through, <laughs> talk us through what would an, a normal day look like? Um, okay, so it's pretty easy that we're just talking whole foods and initially low-carbohydrate foods so that you can get into ketosis. And I haven't read this study, but I heard about it on another podcast. There was one study that um, looked at ketosis in rats and they described it as the ultimate antibacterial dietary regime. Wow. So I'd have to verify that one, but I think it was um, FX Medicine that uh-huh. that was on. Um, so 
we're going into ketosis, so we're eating lots of beautiful fats, butter, ghee, tallow, lard, grass-fed, of course. We're having olive oil, avocado oil, macadamia oil, um, lots of broths and soups and stews, um, coconut yogurt, uh, fermented berries, fermented bananas, just basically lots of veggies, lots of salad, lots of gorgeous meats, uh, you know, like beautiful bulletproof hot chocolate, Ooh, a bit of gelatin, talking. some butter, some MCT oil, some cocoa, and whiz it all up till it's super creamy, delicious, gut healing. I could do yeah, that. Very nice. That yeah. sounds- I don't think cocoa is at the start of the program, but you get there. But you get there. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. And so how does that, because yeah. that all just sounds totally delicious and not far from what most people, not, yeah. you know, from what most people are listening to, what their diet would be like now. And how, and how does your diet look now? Is it, have you sort of stuck to the low carb keto kind of regime yeah. yourself? Yeah, you found that works. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, um, I aim to be in ketosis about four to five days a week. Mm-hmm. And then one or two days I'll have something which last week happened to be Joe Witten's spiced apple crumble, which is <laughs> delicious. That's very good. Um, which, you know, there's 200 grams of butter in that crumble. It can't, you can't be going wrong. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so a carb, ex- carb exposure here and there and um, try and align that carb exposure with days when I am busy and on the go. So if I've got a week of um, studying to do and I'm not moving much, I'll just be in ketosis the whole week. It's a, it's a beautiful way to regulate your appetite and it's a beautiful anti-inflammatory state to be in. And, and do you do that through your food or do you do, you do quite a lot of intermittent fasting as well? Um, I try to do a couple of days once a month mm-hmm. uh, just, just for a bit of a, a clean-out, I suppose. You know, the processes that are engaged during fasting um, are great to clean up, you know, to clear out debris, to clear out um, viral and bacterial debris and, you know, um, yeah. Whether fasting is for everybody, I'm not sure. Mm. So when I was diagnosed with my autoimmune disease, I was put on steroids and the whole two years has just been one big long fight to try and get off of them. Like they're very, my body's been very dependent on them. Mm. So. Whether or not putting my body into fasting and, and, and um, triggering that increase of cortisol it serves me is something I haven't quite decided. So I've done it, at, you know, I've done it sort of the last three months in a row, but I, I still actually couldn't say that it's definitely a good thing for me. Mm, yeah. But um, if your adrenals yeah. work. Mm. Well, yeah, because I, I tried a, about six months of um, going until lunchtime so just skipping breakfast basically. But I'd have a bulletproof coffee because the only reason I didn't want to fast was because I had major FOMO about missing my coffee. So I was like, oh, I'll have a bulletproof coffee and then I won't have FOMO. <laughs> and that was, that was fine, but I didn't really see any amazing benefits. And then as I sort of dug further into my um, health story, I realized you know, I had an underactive thyroid and my adrenals are completely smashed. And I just thought... yeah. I don't know, like, you know, I'm going from half five at night till half six in the morning without eating. That's, that, that feels like long enough for me. And it was kind of like getting to a point where you sort of be pushing through to get to the, 
lunchtime and I just thought I don't that I don't feel at this age that <laughs> you know, doesn't feel right yeah. for me but I, I do like yeah. the, the the health benefits of it but I think you, like you say everyone's different and you need to find out what works for you and I'd much rather just have some poached eggs for breakfast and start my day start my day on a nice you know I'm very <laughs> got high cortisol in the morning I'm jumping out of bed let's get on with the day let's do this you know so I think that's a really good time for me to um to have a beautiful nourishing high yeah. fat breakfast to, to get yeah. me on the way so yeah. with our gut health so we know what we're aiming for what signs will our body give us when we're nailing it okay so you know when you've got a really bad cold and you're just blowing your nose constantly and then you just realize that you haven't blown your nose for a couple of days <laughs> it, oh, it's, it's exactly <laughs> like that it's exactly like that so you might be constipated or you might have diarrhea or you might have bloating or you might have brain fog or you might not be sleeping. Like sleeping was a classic with me. The first inter- um, consult I had with Kirsty were, she said, are you sleeping? And I said, of course I'm sleeping. I wake up about four times a night, but I sleep. She said, that's not, sli- that's not sleeping. <laughs> so, and it was only just the other day that I went, I just go to bed and sleep all night now. And I hadn't realised. So sometimes we don't notice when things are getting better. They just kind of slip into our lives. Yeah. But depending on your symptoms, if you, if you get constant diarrhoea, there's something going on in your gut with your microbiome. And so you can see constipation going away or diarrhoea going away. So whichever you get that, that balance. You might see people's moods improve. So, you know, a dysregulated microbiome can really affect you in terms of anxiety, depression, OCD, like schizophrenia even, all linked to the microbiome. So you might see that suddenly your social anxiety is not so bad or suddenly you feel like getting out there or, you know, all of a sudden the aches and pains that you have in your hip are not so bad because the flow of toxins from the gut are, are easing off. So it just depends what's going on with you as to what sort of changes you might see. But a nice a nice poo every day would be a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, I agree. And, you know, from somebody um, when I was in my health crisis, couldn't poo. I think I had like three poos about this big mm-hmm. a week and mm-hmm. um, it was disgusting. It wasn't a good, good place to be in my gut. And, yeah, couldn't sleep. So even though I was completely exhausted, when I lay down to bed, I felt like I'd had about 10 espressos. There was just no, no sleep. And, and, and those little things, like every day, and my mood obviously was awful. It was full of anxiety. Um, and you, you've met me. You wouldn't even think that now. Depression, no, anxiety. No. I couldn't fly on planes. I developed a phobia of flying. Well, I just met you in Sydney where I flew over to Sydney. Yeah. All of these things was all linked to the good. And every day I think, well, I'm grateful for my happy mood. I'm grateful I did a nice dirt in the toilet. And I'm grateful for a nice nine hours of wonderful sleep. Like, it's these little things like when I you're know. not doing and you're not sleeping, you, you, we just take these things for granted. But no, no, no. Like if you've done a good shit that morning, hallelujah, be grateful for that, right? Yeah, like when you're when you're into gut health, you are into poo, and um, oh, really? you know, with twenty years nursing, I'm totally into poo. You've got to have a good look at it and a smell. And I may or may not have taken a photo of my son's mega huge, beautiful poo the other day and sent it to my husband, saying, 
how awesome is this poo? <laughs> Just, you, you really appreciate a good, healthy poo. It says so much. It's a barometer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I reckon it's like yeah. it's like your uh, your daily review. You like your, your poo in the morning is like, how well did you do yesterday? And then I think your period is like your monthly review. It's like, well, your, your period seems <laughs> right. like this is how you, you're a bit stressed out. This, or you've got a little bit of estrogen dominance. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think it's, um, it's a good little. That's great. I love that. Tuning into what your body's telling you. It's awesome. It's awesome. So tell us a little bit about your um, a gutsy adventure. You're about to set off on. I am. I am. You know, it's a bit sad. I might be excited about seeing Australia, but I'm more excited about planning my my food. <laughs> so uh, my website still uh, is getting built. I've got a landing page at the moment, um, but the blog will be up and running before I go. And it's going to start with me just dehydrating everything in sight. So I will have, um, you know, I'll be in places where we won't be able to get fresh vegetables. Oh. And I will have, I know, I know you can cope with that. I'm, like, I'm just going to fast. I'm just going to fast for a month. No. Um, I'm going to have bags of dehydrated kale and dehydrated leeks and onions and zucchini and all these gorgeous vegetables. And I can literally just throw them in a pot with some, maybe even some dehydrated meat and have a beautiful, gorgeous, you know, stew right there on the side of the road. Wow. So. There'll be that and then they'll be travelling with my ferments. How do I manage that? Um, you know, when to take a probiotic, when not, how to manage exposures. I, I really think that we just fall into McDonald's when we get on the road. <laughs> People just start travelling and then they just fall into these horrific. Pies. I used to have pies and chocolate milkshakes. Yeah. That was my road trip. Recently I went to... Um, by the time you get to... Because Perth is a good six-hour drive, you know, you'll be like, I'm in such a bad yeah. mood. Why am I in such a bad mood? And exhausted <laughs> and falling asleep at the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. So um, I went on a cruise recently with my sister-in-law for four days and I, I took some broth of life and I took some MCT oil and I had my suitcase basically half clothes, half emergency supplies. Yeah. But, you know... There was fresh meat and fresh veggies and, Easy. you know, people go on cruises and they eat and everybody's exhausted. But when you go on a cruise and you have butter and gorgeous salads and cuts of meat and wonderful food, you have energy to burn. It was the best holiday I ever had because I ate well. Yes. You know, the joy you get from a quick stop in at the, at the you know, the fast food store is nowhere near the joy of having energy to burn oh. and getting finishing your holiday feeling amazing. Absolutely. And even the taste of it, like there's no way I would go near a fast food joint or any kind of roadside offering <laughs> ever because it's just not worth it. It tastes yeah. like, it's, first of all, it stinks. It doesn't even smell like food. Like when you walk into those canola oil places, it stinks and um, it sort of clings to you, that smell. Um, it does. A bit like the sausages outside of Bunnings, like they're not proper. What's in them? You know, like that, that doesn't smell like sausages. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And Subway, like obviously these aren't Bunnings and Subway aren't sponsors of my podcast, so it's okay. Um, but you know, like Subway, what is that smell? It doesn't smell like bread. It's a strange, mm-hmm. like it's like a, a man-made smell. Mm-hmm. But anyway, and then and then anyway, it just tastes revolting. So what? What's there's no? I don't see where the joy is. Maybe the convenience, but you know, if you're inclined like you are, and you're going to take, you're going to do all the dehydrating at home. It's going to be so convenient for you to just 
chuck a few dried up bits of kale into, into a pot and bring it back to life and et voila, yeah. there you go. And it's the same when I go traveling, yeah, I've got, you know, like half a suitcase of clothes and the rest of it's my breads and my, <laughs> my nut butters so I can have a quick breakfast in the hotel yeah. and some avocado. Yeah. I had this little a loaf of, uh, half a loaf of fat and seedy bread and an avocado the whole time I was in Sydney and just every morning, just another slice of, it was the best. I thought I won't get any better breakfast than that in anywhere I go, you know? Yeah. That fat and seedy bread is so good. I still think about it from Kayaba. Oh really? We'll have to send you some. Very yummy. We'll have to send you some. Oh, it's delicious. It's lovely. Yeah, I love it. I just had some for lunch actually with some um, tomatoes and cheese on. It's just just easy, a nice quick yeah. lunch on the go. That's all you want. That's all you want. Awesome. So if we wanted to work with you, how do you work? So when I met you, you were doing like a, an event at a, and you had a stall and you were selling various um, ferments that you'd created. Is that what you do? Is that your main thing that you do or tell us more? It's uh, very much an evolution at the moment. So um, it just started off with people wanting to eat my sauerkraut into the monthly market stall and that's a a beautiful bustling stall and I spent eight hours just engaging with my local community. We just talk about Mm. people's poo and people's mood and people's rashes and people's (laughs) gut problems all day and I love it. And I'm coaching at the moment so I'm doing coaching packages for people just to support them through their gut health. So I think it was Chris Cresser that had done some research over in the US. And if you engage a coach, you are far more likely to achieve your health goals than without. Absolutely. And they're, yeah, so they're putting that to um, health companies in the US now, saying it will be an investment to you, health company, mm. if you pay for coaches. You'll save money down the track. Yeah. So I'm coaching. Um, and at the moment, I'm coaching face to face. But I'm sure that when I get back and as it evolves, you know, that um, that coaching will expand out to you know, Zoom and Skype and anybody who particularly. Well, it's not hard, is it? So, so I guess if anybody no. listening to this show today and, and feels an affinity for you, Kylie, and wants to reach out and have a session with you, you, you could do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. For sure. That's really awesome. No, it's true. There's nothing that, you know, um, that a coach does with you that you couldn't do yourself, but a coach will just get you from A to B quicker then you would have got there yourself. Like, you know, and, and I, I'm a big, yeah. like I'm a coach and I have coaches for various different aspects of my life because yeah. I really value that, um, that being heard. So having somebody, you know, to talk about my gut health yeah. too, you know, like maybe my husband doesn't want to hear about that. Maybe my best friend's sick of hearing about it because trust me, she's been through the whole thing. She might be getting a bit <laughs> bored now going through the next <laughs> test that I've had done and what the results of that are and what that means for my life. You know, so to have somebody who's got a really um, interest and so I can be heard and then to have somebody to hold me accountable, that's the key thing. So yeah. you, you want to do this, um, but, you know, like you say, you're going out for coffee with the girls and you, you can start this next week. But if you've got a call booked with Kylie, like in two weeks' time, you're like, actually, I'm going to stick to what I was going to do. And someone to celebrate yeah. success with as well. So when you get your small wins and, and you're like, actually, I haven't had diarrhea for a week. It's like, hurrah, this is fantastic. This is, let's, this is a milestone. Let's make the most of it. So awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad yeah, that you're offering brilliant. that. And I can really see 
you're like you're at this uh, sort of early part of your journey of where you're going to get to as um as a practitioner and i just think it's very exciting i'm gonna gonna watch you kylie and uh <laughs> see see what see how it all unfolds you know like mm. a beautiful flower i can imagine it's all gonna, all gonna unfold but it's be- like we were talking about um yeah sorry for the show when you were saying about um being of service and mm. giving and i was gonna say that 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 stepping out and coaching and helping other people is a big part of helping yourself as well. Yeah. And without that ability to help others, I don't think you can really heal. Absolutely. Yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I agree too. My health's taken a massive um, spike since I started offering my unique expression, you know, of what, what I'm here to yeah. do. So th- that's the, what I wanted to talk to you about actually. So I know that you, you, you did something that takes, you know, really big balls or boobs, whatever you want to say. It takes, a big, it takes a lot of confidence, a lot of courage to leave a job, a well-paying job, you know, and, and a proper career, like a, a nurse is a, is a good job, to, to, to leave that to then, you know, just focus, just focus on your health and then turn, turn that into a career. So can you tell us a little bit about what that journey was like and what advice you've got for people out there who know they're in a job that doesn't align with their passion. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of people in jobs that don't align with their passion. And uh, I have had so much joy in the last 12, 18 months doing what I'm passionate about. And it's really hard when people are tied financially. But ultimately, I was blessed because I was supported by my husband. He's like, go ahead, leave work. Go ahead, pay for your studies go ahead and spend the time. But ultimately, I think you just start. You just pick one little thing that you love and you start in the evenings or on the weekends and you immerse yourself in that. And bit by bit by bit, you evolve into that new occupation. It just starts to take over. And as you love it, you manifest that and your mind goes towards that and that becomes the thing that that pops up in front of you as a real opportunity. But I really believe in education and knowledge, so that would be an absolute start point. Mm -hmm. And speaking to people, communicating, ringing people, I'm interested in this, what are my options, what can I do? And speaking up, stepping out, jumping in, a little bit by little bit or all at once. It's kind of like your, your tip number two, crowding out the pathogens. It's like you can do more <laughs> yes, like that. you love. Like even if you feel like you need, you, you've got time or money constraints, it's like just put in more of the stuff you want anyway and you'll naturally crowd out the shit that you don't want in your life and it will naturally, naturally phase out. And I, I find with work that you love, you have this infinite resource of energy for it. It's not like something that tires you out it's something that you can keep doing you can do it 24 hours a day seven days a week so even if it might be seem a bit like lopsided at the moment if you're still in your full-time job and you know um you can't leave for financial reasons if you start to do like you say kylie weekends and evenings then eventually you know but if that's so much more of a more empowering way to do it than just to sit sit in your job that you hate isn't it all that negative Mm, energy and yeah it's not a yeah. It's not the best expression. So to, to wrap up two questions, one's quite a long one and the other one's a bit more of a quick fire one. So let's talk about the biggest challenges that 
women face having to commit to this lifestyle? What would you say the biggest challenges are? Oh, well, oh, goodness, radio. Uh, <laughs> the it, 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 marketing, hello, marketing, everything is marketed. Medications are marketed. Food is marketed. Body image is marketed. The way we speak down to ourselves with our self-talk, the way we ex- accept other people talking down to us, it's just a lack of power. Power mm. as in personal power and pride and strength that that's just stripped away by advertising and marketing and magazines and from a very early age I mean little girls in knee-high boots and little skirts and crop tops and I just want women to just be power women, you know. If you're in the kitchen cooking, it's not because you're a housewife, it's because you've got the absolute privilege of nourishing the people you love. You know, you don't have to ever feel like what you're doing is not enough because what you're doing is the thing that underpins and shapes the world. Like you, Helen, with your business, how empowering is that? How amazing are those food options that will nourish? And when you are busy and you are feeling not enough, you can come in and and get your pumpkin bread, you know, instead of feeling like you're failing. So if we all take our strengths and our passions, and and we're women, a lot of us are nurturers, can tap into that, feel strong and powerful about that, and share. You know, just go ahead and share with the community. I just wish that government and advertising agencies and and everyone, everyone out there would just let women be strong and powerful. Oh, they'll catch up. They'll catch up. But I think that um, we're in a, a good uh, stage now, like we were saying before with technology, um, to be able to, to, to get blast our message, you know, like across the whole of Australia via things like Zoom and Wi-Fi and podcasts, you know, whereas before, how would we have got this out there? It's so, so much easier to, mm-hmm. to spread an empowering message now, which is really, really cool. And I love everything that you said there. It's absolutely absolutely spot on and, and I particularly like what you said about having the privilege of nourishing your family because it really is I think a lot of mums out there are like oh my god dinner's just another chore I know I like that um but when you actually think about it as you know I, I sort of sat back and thought right well I, I guess I'm not going to be the mum that's at the PNC committee because I'm, and I'm not very good at coaching the soccer and um you know, don't really like having kids around my house every night. You know, all these things. I was like failing, failing, failing at being a parent. And then I was like, but what I do do is I do serve amazing food. And, you know, my kids are loved. The house is warm. They've got clean water. We live in the bush. Like, we've got this great outdoor nature kind of lifestyle. I'm just like, I'm enough. I'm doing a really good job. This is, yeah, um, that's this, right. This is good. That's all right. It's not so bad after all. Uh, yeah PNC exactly right not my thing not my thing so to wrap up with (laughs) give me your opinion on the three dark areas of this kind of way of life which are chocolate alcohol and coffee all right um chocolate 
Uh, okay, yeah. So I think we should probably skip chocolate when we're trying to fix our gut at first, oh. just until we've got control of things. <laughs> Having said that, um, dark chocolate with roasted nuts or a bulletproof hot chocolate, my absolute favourite in mm. moderation. Mm. <laughs> it's like you should have added bacon into this, honestly. Just oh, yeah, sorry. Well, that's usually uh, everyone says yes <laughs> to bacon. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> that's right. It's not even a question. No. Um, Alcohol, not if you're dealing with candida, just not. Um, and if you choose to have alcohol, that's fine. You just drink it knowing that you're going to be exacerbating your little bad guys and that you need to move on with your commitment the next day or, or whenever. So it's about an informed decision really for me. Um, and coffee, I don't drink, I've never drunk coffee. Oh, it's um, easy for you then. <laughs> I have I I have two ways of loving coffee though. So the first way is my husband drinks super strong coffee and every morning he kisses me goodbye and it's just like oh, coffee. Mm. So the smell of coffee makes me very, very happy and that's kind of enough Ooh. for me. Um and I love a good coffee enema. So oh, yes. um yeah, a couple times a week have a coffee enema just to get that glutathione released and detoxify and have that antioxidant activity really ramped up in my body, particularly managing a chronic inflammatory condition. So, um, but I don't actually absorb a lot of caffeine that way either. So as much as I love my coffee, I'm never actually getting the caffeine. Yeah. No matter how hard I try. <laughs> and I guess, you know, coffee does smell better than it tastes, so you're probably getting the... Well, it's, it's like a winner then. Yes, oh. yeah. So um, I can't leave that coffee enema hanging. So uh, just talk us through how that works. Do you have to go somewhere special to do that or is it something you just pop up your bum and you say... So just the bathroom, <laughs> just the bathroom. I'm a nurse. I've done a oh, lot right. of enemas and I've seen a, lot, I've seen a lot of worse ones than the ones I do to myself. Um, but it's super easy, you know, you just brew a coffee, make it body temperature, um, pop it in the bag. You can buy them everywhere. You can buy them from the cultured wellness site. They have nice little, um, like, silicon ones. And you just let it infuse gently, then leave it in for 15 minutes and then pop onto the loo and expel the coffee. But that caffeine, that sorry, the active oh, components wow. of the coffee head in through the portal veins into the liver and trigger that glutathione. So you actually get a significant increase in glutathione production in the coffee. So it's a great little cleanup. And yeah, wow. uh, my whole family, they're so used to it. My 13-year-old the other day just whips open the bathroom door. I've got my knees to the east and the west. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, so, Mum, I want to go down my mate's house this afternoon. And I'm, I'm just doing so an enema. You <laughs> shut the door, please. So... <laughs> you know, I'd love to see all households just completely blase about their, their enemas as part of colon health and as part of gut health. It would be amazing. Wow. That's really interesting because I was sort of imagining, I wasn't actually imagining a cup of coffee going up boom. I was thinking more <laughs> like a little capsule, you know, like a thing. That yeah. Put okay. Yeah, yeah, but wow, that's really interesting. And, you know, the east and west, uh, that's given us a really good visual of how you would do Yeah, sorry other. about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we wanted to Get your gynae examination. Yeah, um, yeah, oh, yeah. You can lay on your, you lay on your side usually, but, um, yeah. Oh, very interesting. <laughs> They're awesome. 
I wonder if I'll ever do one of those. Who knows? If I do, I'll be sure to report it on this podcast. Soon. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to hear all about it. <laughs> so, so we're going to end uh, on your, um, on you, you having a coffee enema, which is quite an interesting note. But I am going to, um, I'm going to uh, stick around after we stop recording. I am going to send you a loaf of our fat and seedy bread and some of our fat and seedy pizza bases because I think you're going to love those. Mm. Yeah. So the uh, pizza bases have just got four grams of carbs per base, and they're just basically seeds and eggs and all yummy, yummy, good stuff. Oh, that's awesome. But Kylie, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm really looking forward to uh, following your gutsy adventure. I will be following your blog for sure. And hopefully you'll um, share pictures and stuff on your website as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So where can we find you if people want to connect with you? What's the best way to get hold of you? Um, So I'm on The Happy Gut. I'm on Facebook as The Happy Gut at the moment. And um, my website has, like I said, a landing page. So there'll probably be an ability to send an inquiry through that way. But the best way is just on Facebook. Too easy. So, yep. Awesome, Kylie. Well, I wish you all the best for your adventure and for your business as it blooms. Fantastic. Thank you, Helen. Thank you so much. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.